Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 77, 10 Turkey Hunting Tips. And I am your host and the guy who got in trouble by the principal on his first day of first grade. Yeah, you're probably not surprised to hear that about me, are you? The funny thing is, I don't think my parents were either. Hey, we are 16 days, 22 hours, 45 minutes, and 11 seconds away from the end of spring turkey season in Alabama. And some of you guys are just getting started. So in two more weeks, I'll be sitting around with my bottom lip poked out, sad because I can't go turkey hunting. Hey, I've got a great show for you today. Before I get into it, though, I want to read you a review on iTunes from Kenny Rowe from Ohio. Kenny says, five stars, Ohio turkey hunting. Love the show. A lot of great information and guests. Wish my hunting buddy, Joe Dirt, would listen to it as much as me. We would kill a lot more birds. Thanks a bunch and keep up the good work. Kenny, thank you for taking time to leave the review on iTunes. I really do appreciate that. It's very helpful for others to be able to find the show, so thanks a bunch. You know, I wrote the list of 101 turkey hunting tips several months ago, and I put it out there for you guys to grab that and have a good little reminder of things not to do, but also give you some things to do in the turkey woods that may help you have a little bit more success. And several of you have taken advantage of that list of 101 turkey hunting tips. But Cameron, the Turkey Hunter podcast intern, and I were talking not too long ago. And he told me that he tried to get the list of turkey hunting tips and that it never came through to him. So I sent the list of tips over to Cameron and... Then I had an idea. So I called him and I said, hey, why don't you pick out five tips? I'll pick out five tips. And we go over those in this week's episode of the show. So Cameron thought that was a pretty good idea. So that's what we did. Now, almost every one of the tips on my list of five of the 101 turkey hunting tips reminds me of a turkey hunt where I either did something right and filled a tag or something wrong and went home empty-handed. Well, Cameron and I went through that list and we each picked our five favorite tips 
For me, it was a matter of what's relevant today. What have I been experiencing in the woods? What problems have I had in the woods? And so four of my five turkey hunting tips are things that I've run across firsthand this season. And the fifth one is a safety tip. And you guys know that I'm big into the safety. All right, so Cameron is going to share his five favorite tips with us and give us a few stories as well. So without further ado, here's today's interview, and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am glad to tell you that I have on the phone with me today Cameron Weddington, the official intern of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And the idea for today's show came up, Cameron and I were talking, and he said, you know, you might need to check the 101 tips text service, because when I texted the word 101 tips to the number 44222, I did not get the email. So I looked into it, and I think I've figured out it's probably gone to Cameron's spam folder, which he has no control over because of his email address going through Sanford University here in Birmingham. So I emailed it to him. And Cameron and I were talking about the list, and I said, well, why don't you give me your five favorite tips off the list, and I will give my five favorite tips off the list, and let's talk about those on today's show. So Cameron thought that was a pretty good idea. Of course, he's almost a yes man. Everything I say, he will say yes sir to just about all the time. So I'm saying that jokingly, Cameron. You can talk now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> there, there I am with my yes sir again. He, he said yes, sir. But... I've got the list here. Cameron's got his list. And Cameron, I want you to go through and tell all the listeners out of the 101 tips on the list that I've compiled, what are your top five and why? Yes, sir. Okay, well, the first thing that caught my eye on the list was patterning your gun. And I know that may seem like a simple thing that everyone should do but I actually caught myself last year I bought a new turkey choke and I just popped it right in my gun because I bought it mid turkey season and went the next day called up a real nice gobbler and he came walking right up and I shot rolled him over and he took off flying off and I was sick to my stomach and I thought to myself I know I was aiming perfect on that bird what happened you know and I went home and decided to pattern my gun then and for whatever reason, the shell combination with that particular choke was dropping my pattern about 10 inches. And wow. so that, that explained that. And that was only at 30 yards, and I'd probably tried to shoot him at about 40. And so that's my first tip is just make sure you pattern your gun. If you change anything, if you change your shells, if you change your choke, every shell and choke I feel like has a different combination, and it's going to do different than anything else. And I found that out the hard way last year, and I hope that gobbler's still alive, but it's uh, probably not likely. I hit him pretty hard. I had the same thing happen to me with, and actually it wasn't changing a choke. It was when heavy shots started making their own shells instead of Remington making 
the heavy shot shells. And man, my gun was shooting like a foot left and a foot low. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just those shells just react differently. I don't know. It, when you change any variable like that, you definitely want to go out and put you up a target and at least shoot it once. I mean, I know turkey shells are expensive, but uh, I, I would pay a lot of money to get that gobbler back right now more than I would for one shell. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that's my number one tip that I thought that really caught my eye on there, and that's kind of a before-season thing everyone should definitely do. Yeah. All right. So what do you have second? So second, right now it's early season. I've been hunting a lot in Tennessee and in Alabama, and so I've experienced this a lot already, is hunting hinned-up gobblers. And there's nothing more frustrating than that. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. I may have something that's more frustrating, but go ahead. I want to hear. Oh, I I have an idea of what you're going to say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But so for some tips of hunting some hinned up gobblers and what's worked for me in the past. And number one is if you're calling to a gobbler and a hen comes by you and is walking towards that gobbler. If it's possible to move and get up and run her off without scaring that gobbler off, you better do it. Because if you don't get up and run her off, she's going to go walking right to that gobbler, and they're going to head straight the other way, and you won't hear from him for a long time. Yeah. And last year I did that. It worked perfectly. I I was calling to a gobbler, and he was hammering, and all the turkeys flew down, and the hens were on one side of me, and he was on the other. And it was about 15 hens, and they were all heading straight to him. And I just jumped up and ran straight up in the middle of them and made them all fly the other way. And I sat down where they were and started calling. And 15 minutes later, I was standing on a gobbler and carrying him back to the truck. Yeah. So that that's worked really well for me. And another thing with hen up turkeys that's worked well for me is if he's already with his hens and they've all flown down together and you can hear all the hens going nuts over there and he's probably shut up by now, I usually just try to hop in behind them. And wherever they go, I try to stay about 100 yards behind them, creeping through the woods, and I call every now and then just loud enough where he can hear me. And that's worked for me multiple times too because every now and then you'll hit the right call and he'll get curious as to why that one hen's still hanging out there behind him and he'll come back to get you. Then you can shoot him, and you can kill some big birds that way. Because usually they got a lot of hens with them, and he just he doesn't want to leave that one behind, and he'll come back for you. And I, I killed a really nice gobbler two years ago using that method. Yeah, that scaring off the hen that's coming into the gobbler. I remember the very first time that I saw someone do that. I was hunting, and I just started turkey hunting, but I was hunting with a friend of mine. And we were sitting down calling, and the turkey's gobbling. Everything we'd throw at him, that turkey would just hammer at. And so we're sitting there. I'm probably 10 yards from my hunting partner, and I hear a hen yelp back behind us. And the gobbler answers her immediately. And she yelps again, and the gobbler answers her immediately. So she starts clucking, and she's getting closer to us. And then all of a sudden, my hunting partner jumps up and runs right at her. And she took off the other direction. And he starts calling. Just as soon as she starts to putt, he's he's calling. He's yelping. Mm-hmm. And he ran that hen off. And he walked back over and he sat down. And we 
finished the hunt, called, actually called the bird in and I shot the bird. But after all that happened, I looked at him and I said, hey, why did you get up and run that hen off? And he said, because that hen was coming in to take this gobbler away from us. And he was mm-hmm. dead right. Oh, yeah. Dead right. Absolutely. Because, I mean, the natural thing that should happen is the hen is supposed to go to him gobbling. And yeah. you, if you have a chance to prevent that, your odds of killing that turkey are a lot higher if she is not in the picture. Oh, yeah. Well, the old saying is definitely true. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Absolutely. So when that one bird, that one hen comes walking into him, that's everything that he needs. Yep. He'll stay with her as long as she'll stay with him until she goes yep. to nest. And he'll follow her around all day. Yep. So what do you have next? So another thing I have that I'm really using a lot this year and before now, before this season, I have not used this at all, is, is a Jake decoy. And I've always heard people having a lot of success with decoys and whatnot. And for some reason, I just grew up, I had never used a decoy before. We hunted a lot in the big timber and it just wasn't necessary because you just sit down and call and that gobbler comes and he gets close enough where he could see a decoy he's already close enough to be able to shoot him and this year though i went and bought me a jake decoy and i've been using it and i've killed one bird myself and seen two others die and all three of them came running into that jake decoy and we're about to whoop up on him and so i'm pretty high on the jake decoy right now it's working out great yeah the birds that we've killed have been hung up in fields and one of them i crawled out and just set that decoy he's a fanned out jake decoy and i crawled out behind it and set it down and raised it up high where they could see that fan and then stuck him back down in the ground and crawled back and before i could even get my gun up two of them had run in and were about to fight him and so i pulled up and shot one myself and a jake decoy is just especially early season if you get turkeys out there that are hinned up it seems like it's just a great tool to have because they're so territorial right now where they're not going to come to your call. And if you're a hen, if you're just using hen calls and whatnot, cause they got hens, but they look over and they see that Jake and they're wondering what the heck he's doing in their area coming after his hen. And that gets him real mad. And that's a real quick way to get a big old gobbler to come running into your setup. Yeah. Now, are you using a strutting Jake? Yeah. The one I bought is a, it has a, a real fan on it. And it's only about a half-body decoy. And so it's real light and easy to carry, and that's why I I bought that one. And it it works perfectly. I was kind of worried about only having that front part on it, but honestly, I think you could put a fan on a stick and it would work just as well. They just see that tail fan, and, I mean, that drives them crazy if they're the dominant bird. They really don't like seeing that coming around their hens. So I've been using that, and I definitely have been carrying my decoys with me every time I've gone this year. Yeah. I usually try to put him out there about 20 yards in front of me with a hen decoy because that, you know, if you add a hen decoy to the mix with a Jake, that's what's really going to tear that gobbler up as he sees a young two-year-old bird sitting over there with his women. He is not going to like that. And normally what I've figured out is when you put the hen out, put the Jake closer to you because he'll walk right past that hen to come whoop that Jake first. And so I definitely think you want to have the Jake closer to you than the hen. And I've had some friends having a lot of success with that as well because I had a buddy send me a video the other day of a gobbler beating the crap out of his decoy, and then they shot him, and it just, you know, it's pretty awesome when they come in 
wanting to fight like that is definitely an experience. It is that. All right. So that was number four. Yes, sir. Is that right? Okay. What is number five? Number five is is useful in areas where you have a lot of fields that you can walk around and look at and hunt. And that is, if it's raining or it just finished raining, the turkeys are going to head to the fields. And most people know that. But if you don't and it's raining, you can have an awesome hunt in the rain. And a lot of people like to sleep in or they won't go if it's raining. And I honestly, I don't mind rain very much at all. I, I hate wind, but if it's raining, I just go and go to a place that I know has a lot of big fields, and I'll just take my binoculars and ease around to each field and look out in there, and you'll find a lot of turkeys that way. It's a, it's a way where you can use sight a lot better than usual because usually you're hunting with your ears mostly, and when it rains, you got the upper hand because you can walk around and find them out in the field. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy to kill them anymore, but at least you know where they are. And right. I've had a, a lot of luck with that. I hunt a place that has a lot of cow pastures. And when it rains, I head straight to that place. And just about every time it rains, I at least get to get on a bird. That doesn't mean he ever gobbles at me or shows any interest to me, but I get to at least set up and watch him strutting out in the field in the rain. And that's just a really good tip is if it's raining, you definitely want to be in the field because they're gonna, they're, they don't like the raindrops coming off the leaves is what I think it is. Because, I mean, if you stand in the woods when it's raining, you can't hear anything. So, I mean, i got to think if I was a gobbler and I was in the woods, I'd want to get out of there and get somewhere where I can see and hear better. Yeah. Everything in the woods is moving. All those leaves are moving. Branches are moving. Everything's moving when it's raining. And so, yeah, that definitely pushes them out into the fields. They feel more comfortable out there. And especially when that rain ends... They like to get out there and dry off, and it's a lot easier to do that, to dry off when you're not always brushing up against a tree or something that has water on it. Yeah. So they'll get Yeah, and they, they usually like to go to fields that have low, low grass. If it's real tall grass, I've found they don't really like it very much because, you know, it gets their feathers all wet and everything, whereas you get some really short cow pasture grass or something, they can stand in that and not get wet. And so that's usually where I try to focus my efforts. And I've had a lot of luck with that. And the the best thing that can happen is, in my opinion, just one of the better hunts that usually happens is if it's raining and then an hour later it turns bluebird sunny, turkeys just start tearing it up, it seems, after that. I don't know if they're just so excited that it's not raining anymore or what, but the other morning that happened to me is it was raining and I just sat there and waited and then it turned out to be a really nice day and the turkey started tearing it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely would say check the fields and don't let rain keep you from going hunting. It can, it doesn't affect it that much. You can still kill turkeys in the rain. Absolutely. Turkeys are hanging out on the ground in the rain. So you know where they are, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, if they'll gobble, that'll be even better to help locate them. But Oh, yeah. yeah, if you have, on, if you have those, a thunderstorm, they'll really get the goblin at that. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get you working on inventing that thunder shock gobble call. It would work, I'm telling you. that Thunder is, is one of the best shock gobbling tools you can have. As soon as you get that done, we're going to patent that, and you and I are retiring. Absolutely. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, you said well, you had some tips, too, that you really enjoyed. What you 
think that you would want to do? Well, of course, I like all the tips because I put the list together. <laughs> well, I, would, I would hope so. And, and your 101 tips turned into 109, if I'm correct. You are correct. Your math is much better than mine. <laughs> you know, I went to high school in Alabama, and so I'm not very good with counting. But, no, I did that because I like to deliver more than what I tell you I'm going to give you. So, Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I, I upped it a little bit over 101, but we're going to call it 101 turkey hunting tips. So out of this 101 turkey hunting tips, since I'm still calling it that, I really tried to focus on the tips that have helped me to kill more birds this year or possibly even cost me a bird. And so... I wanted to go over what is really relevant for me and has been relevant for me for this year, this season. So the first one on my list, and these are in no particular order for me, is don't automatically think you need to sit down to call and kill an approaching turkey. You know, if the terrain or the understory don't allow you to have a great vantage point to sit down and call, then you can always stand and stand against a tree or kneel behind a tree and call. And sometimes that extra foot or 18 inches if you're kneeling or if you're standing, that extra three feet, three and a half feet is all the additional vantage that you need to be able to take a shot at that turkey. And that actually not following my own advice and not remembering that tip, I think actually cost me a bird this year. I called in two birds to an area, and it was very thick where I was, and I thought that I could call them down the road to an intersection where the two roads intersected, but they didn't come far enough. They actually hung up before they ever got to the intersection, and it was just thick between where I was and the birds were, and so that really put me at a disadvantage. I couldn't see them, but I know they were within range because they gobbled and they were drumming that close to me. So I knew they were probably 40 yards out. So that was kind of disappointing, but I've killed a lot of turkeys standing up. There's nothing in the turkey hunting rule book that says you have to sit down to kill a turkey. So I need to try to remember that one myself. Yeah, absolutely. the next one for me is scratching in the leaves like a feeding hen. Mm-hmm. And if you throw in some, some soft purrs and some clucks, that a lot of times that's all it takes to get that hung-up gobbler to, to break free and come into your calling location. And that actually happened to me on a bird that I killed this season where I called to the bird, he gobbled, I found a spot to sit down and set up, I called, he gobbled, I did not like my setup, and when he gobbled again, I knew that he didn't move, so I got up and I circled around and sat down again, but from the time that I stood up to move and I walked all the way around to my new setup location, I never made another hen or gobbler sound. I never made another turkey sound. And that turkey came to the exact spot, was looking at the exact spot where I sat down for that hen. 
he heard me walking in pine straw. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That is huge. When you yeah. don't have to call to a turkey and he's coming to the noises he's hearing, the footsteps he's hearing in the leaves or in the pine straw, it just goes to prove how sharp those critters are. So number three for me, this one just still cuts deep. Every year I seem to miss a turkey. So my number three tip is be sure you keep your cheek down on your gun stock when shooting. It's so hard sometimes when you're watching that turkey come in and he's drumming, he's strutting, he's showing off. Maybe he's mad and wants to fight the decoys. Maybe he's running in, whatever it happens to be. It is so hard as a turkey hunter to not want to watch that. And it is much harder to watch it when you have one eye closed and the other eye looking down a gun barrel. So we tend to lift our head up just a little bit, and that little bit that we lift our head and take our cheek off of that gun stock when we shoot at 30 yards or 40 yards will make you shoot over that turkey by a foot a lot of times. So be sure to keep your cheek down on your gun stock when shooting. That's my number three tip. Now, number four, you know, I can't go without throwing out a little safety tip. And I hear this happening way too many times. And my number four tip is never run with a loaded gun after you shoot your turkey. If you have to run after that turkey after you shoot, then, you know, you really should think about unloading the gun. And I know it, it's in the heat of battle, you don't want to have an unloaded weapon. But all it takes is one stumble and fall and you shoot your hunting partner or you drop the gun and it goes off and it shoots you. You can't take that back. And if it means that you wound a turkey and the turkey runs off and you lose him, that's a very bad thing, but it's not the worst thing. Shooting your child or your father or your best friend or your spouse or anyone else is the absolute worst thing that can happen in the woods. Far worse than wounding and losing a gobbler. So shoot that bird. Don't get up and run. If he's down, stand up, keep your eye on him, walk towards him, look where you're walking, and you don't need to go stand on his head either. If he's down, he's down. There's no reason to go stand on that turkey's head. So, and I want to tell a story about that real quick. So, this has been about seven or eight years ago, and it actually happened in Alabama. There were two guys hunting together, hunting buddies, and one was the caller, one was the shooter. So they call this turkey in and the shooter is set up facing the direction that the turkey is going to come. The caller is set up facing the shooter and not the turkey. Not turned 180 degrees from him, but turned 90 degrees from the direction the turkey's coming. So the bird comes within range, the shooter takes a shot. Well, the caller doesn't know that the shooter either missed or wounded the turkey. And the caller jumps up to go run to stand on a turkey's head, and the shooter shot him in the knee at a very close distance. And those types of accidents 
are what you want to try to avoid. So, you know, I, I know my thing was never run with a loaded gun after shooting your turkey, but I just want to throw that out there as well. Be careful when you're hunting with a hunting partner. Yeah. All right. Number five on my list, and this has been big for me this season. When the gobblers are hinned up, it's okay to sleep in. You don't have to be out in the woods at daylight. Yeah, there's something awesome about being out in the woods at daylight, but you don't have to be out there at daylight. So if your state allows it, hunt midday and in the afternoons when the turkeys are hinned up. Because sometimes those hinned up gobblers will get separated from their flock during the day and they'll be looking for company and that's your opportunity to capitalize on it. And I have actually had more success calling birds in midday and afternoon this year than I have early morning. And so if you do happen to get up and go out there at daylight and you don't hear anything, that's fine and dandy. Don't go back to the house at 10 o'clock or 10.30 and cook a big breakfast and take a nap. Stay out in the woods. And if you do have to go back to the camp and fix a sandwich or something for lunch, grab that sandwich and get back out in the woods. Because at noon, that turkey that you're hunting may have slipped away from those hens and he might be primed and ready to go. And if you're sitting at the house eating lunch or taking a nap at noon, you've missed your opportunity. The one huge advantage that us turkey hunters have over the deer hunters is we know when the turkeys are moving. Turkeys are on the ground and they're moving when it's daylight. We don't know when the deer are moving. And so many times the deer are moving at dark and we don't get to see them. We don't get to hunt the best time to hunt deer. We always get to hunt the best time to hunt turkeys as long as it's daylight. So if your state law allows it, get out there and hunt. doesn't matter if it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 6 o'clock at night, 6 o'clock in the morning. Get out there and make it happen. So those are my five tips. Yes, sir. I really like that last one. That is a huge tip in my opinion because every person that I've talked to who's a big-time turkey hunter that's killed a lot of turkeys, almost all of them will tell you, most of the turkeys they've killed have been after 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And that's not the exciting time because they're not going to be gobbling as much. You know, most of the gobbling's going to happen right there on the roost and right when they fly down. But if you get that turkey to start gobbling after 9 o'clock, your odds of killing him are so much higher than right at daylight. And they're usually quick hunts. Yeah, they come yeah, in the, quick. Yeah, the bird's lonely and, and he's looking for company and... As long as there's no big obstruction between you and the bird, typically that, that hunt's not going to last very long. So mm-hmm. be prepared. And and a lot of times, too, I've noticed up into the day, if you strike a gobble, whether you're running and gunning or you're just walking and looking and listening, but you strike a gobble, I have had birds cover much more ground to come to me calling than I have early in the morning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not real sure why that is, but I do know that that is the case. Yeah, So I I think they're just more desperate in those times. They're so lonely, whereas right when they fly down, they most likely have hens with them or, you know, they're just not as lonely at that point. But on through the day, I think they just get all lonely and are looking for love. And when they hear you, 
around 9 30 12 o'clock and they'll they'll come running sometimes it, it doesn't take long he might only yeah. gobble twice but he might be in your lap in 15 minutes that's exactly right and yeah. so you do have to be careful about bumping those birds so mm-hmm. you know i would tell you don't if one gobbles and it's 10 10 30 in the morning or two o'clock in the afternoon don't go running to him of course i already told you don't run with a loaded gun but you know don't take off in a beeline for that turkey try to get him to gobble again and let him tell you if he's coming to you or if you need to cut that distance mm-hmm. because you don't you don't want to bump him after you get him to respond your hunt's over just as quick as it started yep so. yep the the first turkey i ever shot was i had no i had no clue what i was doing and an older gentleman who is just a avid turkey hunter and he taught me a lot of what i know he took me out and i didn't even know what a gobble sounded like and one started gobbling on the roost and i had no clue what was going on and he flew down and he shut up and this guy looked at me and he said all right just lay back and take you a nap and i said okay so laid down took me a nap he woke me up at 9:30 and he said all right we're about to get him now and i i was i thought he was just crazy i didn't know what the heck we were doing and he started calling and i'll be darned if that turkey didn't start gobbling again and came right in and i shot him it oh yeah worked like clockwork he flew down and and i asked him afterwards i was like what what happened right there and he said i just let him be a turkey he went out there and he was with his hens and i knew if we just waited on him those hens would leave him and go nest and we just needed to be hanging out right here and he'd come back to us and it worked out perfectly i and it, i've done that multiple times before now and it, it's worked you know i'll hear one fly down and he's gobbling and i hear those hens with him and so i know he's hinned up and i hear another one gobbling somewhere else i might go to that turkey and then come back to this guy at 10 o'clock and see what what's going on there because the hens may have left him now yeah and that that's just a really good tip is if it's daylight outside and you have some time on your hands and you really love turkey hunting don't let the weather or the time of day keep you from getting in the woods you can kill a turkey you just got to keep going that's exactly right you just got to be persistent my lovely bride this morning when i got home from turkey hunting she said to me still no gobbling and i said nope not a one and she said why are you getting up and going and i said because there is a chance that i'll hear a gobble if i go if i'm asleep in bed there is zero chance that i will hear a turkey gobble and be able to hunt one and kill one absolutely so you've got to get out there if you don't get out there i will promise you you will not kill one yep you just got to stay persistent because all it takes is that one day that you go and he does start gobbling and you might kill him exactly and right if you've hunted a week before that and not heard a thing but then you get on one and you kill him I'll, I'll take that if i could kill a turkey every week i'm fine with that yep that's and, exactly right yep and on the safety issue with running with a gun that that is also a really important thing and i've caught myself doing that multiple times and the way i think about it is you don't normally get a loaded gun and go run with it everybody learns that when you're a kid around guns don't ever run with a gun i remember my dad telling me that when i was little and I think it's just all the excitement in the moment. You just forget about it, all the safety issues and jump up and you go running up there to your bird. And so that, that's a really good tip is you just got to 
calm down a little bit. I know it's exciting, and I, I'm guilty of it myself, but it's not worth it. All it takes is one mess up. That's exactly right. And to carry that out one step further, if you're hunting with a partner and you're the caller and not the shooter, or even if you're the shooter and not the caller, don't jump up after the shot. If you're the caller, wait on the shooter to tell you that it's okay for you to get up and move. Yeah, especially if you're looking the other way and you have no idea what's going on. Absolutely. And if you're the shooter, make sure you communicate to the caller. Hey, mm-hmm. don't, when I shoot, don't say if, because ifs are never a good thing. Say, so when I shoot, don't jump up, stay down. Yep. And I tell you, another reason for that is I've had several times where there have been two gobblers together and only one of them was gobbling. Mm-hmm. And if you're the shooter, I don't care if you and, and your partner are sitting on the same tree. If you shoot and you kill that first bird and your calling buddy jumps up to go run and stand on his head, he just missed an opportunity to shoot a turkey. Yeah, absolutely. So if you shoot, sit there. If Make sure the bird's down. Mm-hmm. If the bird's down, you're not in a hurry. Yeah, and his, you want to his neck's broken. <laughs> yeah, you want to keep your eye on that bird and make sure he does not jump up. And you can do that best if you're sitting or if you stand up after the shot. Don't stand up and run. Don't stand up and take two or three steps. Stand up. Make sure he's down. Or, you know, if, if there does end up being a second bird with him, shoot him, sit there, and let your partner take a shot at the second bird. So, yeah, that, it's just, you're right. It's the excitement. The adrenaline gets flowing, and we tend to forget those safety rules, and that is exactly what we don't need to do. Absolutely. Because, I mean, everyone... If you weren't in that exciting moment, you would never run with a gun, I would hope. I mean, just having a loaded gun, I'm not going to take off running with it. Everybody knows that that's dangerous. So it's just, you got to just not let that excitement take away your safety. Yeah. And that is, that is exactly what happened to Blake Morris, the mm-hmm. guest that we, that we had on episode 70. He got caught up in the excitement of a hunt and... A mistake happened, and so that mistake will affect him for the rest of his life. But fortunately, he still has his life. Yeah, yeah, he was very lucky. No doubt. Well, good deal. Cameron, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy study schedule yes, sir. to come on and, and share your five favorite tips. And if you guys want to get a copy of the 101 turkey hunting tips, and Cameron counted them and and it turns out there are 109 of them but if you want to get a copy of that all you have to do is text the word 101 tips and it's all one word don't put a space in there 101 tips to the number 44222 and you should get that emailed to you automatically after you enter your email address if you don't email me Andy at IamTurkeyHunting.com, and I will make sure you get a copy of that. So, Cameron, you should have emailed me when you didn't get a copy of it. Yes, sir. Well, now I'm in <laughs> now I'm in good contact with you, so I did end up getting it. You did end up getting it. You had to wait a little while. but Yes, sir. It's there. 
Well, I would definitely suggest any listeners out there that are maybe just starting out or even for people who have been hunting for a while, I would get that email with those tips on there because it is very useful information with everything, your clothing, your gear, safety, and calling techniques and everything. It's got a lot of very useful information on that. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. It does. There's a lot of good info in there. So, And for all of you guys who are about to start hunting or who have just started hunting where your season has just come in, it's a great reminder, even if you're an experienced hunter. Like I said, you know, I've been hunting for almost 25 years, and I should have stood up on that hunt, and I knew it was thick. I knew it was thick where I called those two birds in. But instead, I sat down, and had I read this and been reminded of it, I probably would have tagged one of those birds and would be telling a sob story instead. Absolutely. All right, Cameron, good luck tomorrow morning turkey hunting. Yes, sir. Well, good luck to you, too. Thank you. I think I need all of that I can get. And hey, I, I do, too. <laughs> yeah, good deal. Have a great evening, and I will talk to you later on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good night. All right. You too, buddy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, I hope you picked up some info on that call that will help you to kill a couple of birds this season. For those of you who are already hunting, these tips will likely serve as a good reminder for you. And for those of you who haven't, check out these tips and you might learn something that will help you tag a bird. Alright, before I cut you loose, I have just a few things I'd love your help with. Number one. Please like, forward, and share this episode on social media if you learned anything in today's show. Share that with others. Number two, please subscribe to the show. It's free and you'll be notified as soon as a new episode is posted. Number three, tell a hunting buddy about the show. Whether that buddy is a turkey hunter or not, you never know who you're going to turn on to the sport by introducing them to this show. Number four, be sure to tune in next week as we are going to have a great show with Chris Parrish and we are going to talk turkey calling tips and strategies. And with turkey season going full bore, I know that is something that you are not going to want to miss. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.